0: do uh, i don't know i don't have a spiel
1: we do intros all the time but how do you do them well i'll if i'm doing it i'll be like i'm alexi and i'm here with biz and sam and today we're gonna be talking about whatever whatever
0: i listen to your guys's podcast but i guess i haven't i don't remember how you guys begin we to do you like, just start with conversation
1: yeah we used to have like scripted intros that were really funny where we'd like take turns and like do some kind of like skit but i feel like we stopped doing that <laughs> it's kind of a
0: lot i kind of like it when it just like fades in and then they're like oh yeah anyway and we have to i forgot to introduce us i'm like they're just having such a good time that's so
1: true <laughs> and we have been talking for like a while already so this is very like in media res. yeah that's true yeah thank
0: you alexi for joining me of course um okay how do i introduce you podcast stress true from nymphed alumni editor
1: I, yeah, I'm an associate editor at um, Tashin, which is a art book publishing company. <laughs> I think I have some of the
0: books over there, honestly. I forget. I'll, I'll look. And you're a K-pop stan.
1: Yeah, this is true.
0: I don't think you and I have ever talked about K-pop, but I just know that this is um, mm-hmm. something about you.
1: <laughs> no, it's definitely true. I would say that since... Like 2018. I've been a pretty dedicated K pop stand. It's like come and gone in waves. Like I definitely had a phase where it was like out of control. When and it I was
0: new when you first started getting into
1: it? Maybe like a year in. Like when I first was getting into it, I was like obsessed with like the information and like consuming the media. But then I had a phase where it was actually financially affecting me a lot because I was How? like Um because it's just like there's a a pretty big market of like physical commodities that are like collectibles.
0: Okay. With all K-pop bands. Are they bands? Are they groups? What do you call them? Most people say
1: groups. Yeah. Cause they can't really play instruments.
0: Um, is it with all of them or I know that you're into Luna.
1: Yeah. Luna. But yeah, no, all of them have the same kind of system of like releasing albums that come with a bunch of shit that you're supposed to collect. Um, so that, but then also when I was into BTS, they released this, um, like iPhone game called BTS world. That was kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it was essentially just like gambling where you would like draw these (laughs) cards that like had different values. And like, so half of it was like this card based gambling system. And then the other half of it was like this parasocial, like AI boyfriend simulator. (laughs) Okay. And so I spent a lot of money um, essentially doing like BTS gambling.
0: Gambling on what?
1: Like... I don't know, just like drawing cards that had like photos of them to like play this stupid game where like when you leveled up, you could have like fake FaceTime calls with them
0: over the, with with the AI,
1: with them. But then there was also like a chatbot type of feature. Um, the FaceTime stuff was like pre-recorded videos that they would make. That's so odd. Yeah. Um.
0: Is the app still running?
1: I honestly hope not. Like it ruined my life. How
0: mu- how like not much actually, money? but
1: I. Um, at, how much money? I like really don't want to think about it. like, such a stupid <laughs> amount of money. And like, I just remember being so embarrassed. Like my friends, because it had like a, a really strong, like timing system where like you had to check in like every two hours to like collect this, whatever, like arbitrary money system that they had in there. And I just remember like hanging out with my friends and then being like, who are you texting? And I was like, Oh my God, I'm literally texting like a fake BTS to like get <laughs> fake money for this game. Um, Yeah, I really don't know what was going on at that point. But yeah, the system is just very designed for you to, like, spend money in these, like, very microtransactional ways. And a lot of it is based on, like, chance and luck. Like, the reason why most K-pop fans will buy, like, so many copies of an album is because you, like, collect these photo cards. So, like, every time an album is released, there will be, like, at least three or four versions of a physical album. Mm -hmm. And each version has, like, a different theme. So, like, the design will be slightly different. Like, the color scheme will be different. There will be, like, different stuff inside. And you're supposed to buy them all? Yeah. It's, like, you want to buy them all because you want all the cards. So, like, even if you're just, like, a fan of one member out of, like, like Luna, for example, was, like, 12 members. And I was a pretty big fan of, like, maybe three of them. I would like buy multiple albums to try to get all of the cards of like one member, but you only get like three in each one. Right. So like if you didn't get the ones you wanted, you just like buy another album and you're also like boosting their album sales. So you like want them to perform well on the charts.
0: Right. It's like a hack. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause my, my main thesis, I guess I'm trying to do this series on like music globalization, mm-hmm. how international music became so mainstream in America. And particularly like, I feel, I guess this is just my assumption, but it happens through the internet. Yeah. Like that's how fandom spread. And how did you start getting into it?
1: Um, I, it like, doesn't make that much sense for my like musical journey because I was like always such a hipster and I was like really into like indie music. Yeah. And then that led me into like, more like ambient, electronic, like post rock, all these like obscure genres. I was really obsessed with Last FM and was like very competitive with people about listening to obscure music. Were <laughs> like you on
0: Rate Your Music?
1: I was actually never on Rate Your Music.
0: I was big on Rate Your Music. Really? Yeah. That's
1: so cool. <laughs> yeah, I knew a lot of people that were like very Rate Your Music, very Discogs. Yeah. Um, but I was just on Last FM. And yeah, I just really prided myself on like having obscure like music knowledge but at the same time, I kind of like lost my passion for music. Like I would just find myself listening to stuff that was so like obscure that it was just like very bleep bloop and very like Mm -hmm. drone. And so, um, at the same time I was like also friends with a lot of gay guys. It was just like a lifelong theme for me and just like gay guys on the internet, especially like stan twitter type people like they're really funny and very like quick-witted and have like mastered memes and like internet communication and so like all of these gay guys that i followed were suddenly getting into k-pop and i couldn't tell if they were being serious because like it kind of seemed like they were standing these like random groups as like a meme Mm -hmm. because it wasn't really like any of the big groups and it wasn't like bts fanaticism Um, right it was kind of like a bit trolly but at the same time like they would post these clips like fan cams of uh like girls performing or they would just post like these clips under like unrelated tweets like they would be like just had the worst fucking day ever and then it'd be like k-pop girl dancing yeah and when you see that every day it does kind of get to you and you're like okay let me see what's going on and then yeah i guess i just got into it because i hadn't listened to pop music in a long time and i was like whoa this is like High energy, like high concept.
0: The pop optimism, the big. I mean, there's yeah. a pop resurgence, like with hyper pop and shit like that. But yeah, even, it was kind of at the
1: same time. I feel like a lot of people that were into like Charlie XCX, yeah. like hyper pop PC music, did the transition into K pop because, like, sonically, I think there's a lot of similarity.
0: Mm-hmm. So, was that mostly through Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Because I know BTS stands. They're on Twitter, but I was wondering where it's, like, centralized now. Is it still on Twitter, or is it in, on, like, Reddit? Definitely was it Twitter, ever I on think. Tumblr? Tumblr, maybe. That it, too early?
1: I think Tumblr was, like, second-generation group, so, like, BTS is, like, third-generation. Um, Tumblr was kind of, I feel like, yeah, when K-pop was, like, way more fringe, but I think Twitter is what, like, brought it into the forefront because, like, the way that people would, or the way that fandoms would, like, organize on Twitter to, like, do things at the same time Mm -hmm. um there's like this obsession with like quantifying k-pop um statistics where like there are all of these like chart accounts and so like when i got into it i would just like get so into the numbers game of like oh my god this album just came out today like where is it on the billboard charts where is it on the itunes charts yeah like how do we push it to the forefront like how do we like take up as much real estate on the internet just like hashtag everything like
0: okay there's so many things there because like just in regards to what you're saying before like the pretentiousness of being a teenager where you want to listen to stuff that no one else is listening to Mm -hmm. and you want to have this like deep knowledge of stuff that's very fringe and then k-pop fandoms for some reason they're actively trying to get their favorite group to number one and they're mm-hmm. trying to like spread it as much as possible. Yeah. And it's strange because I understand when people like a small artist and they want to support them because yeah. they want to like give them money, but like these people are already rich. I assume. <laughs> like they're yeah. already big in Korea.
1: Yeah, it's true. But I think there's just still like an underdog narrative, even as groups like BTS, like they have a very strong, underdog tale because like they came up during the time when there are these like there's this big three of like entertainment conglomerates um, that is now a big four with like BTS's group. But like they were originally outside of that and no one thought that they would like make it. But then they ended up excelling outside of like the super formalized K-pop system to the extent where they like became like the new system themselves and like tried to buy one of the biggest companies with this like a hostile takeover Um, move but these are companies in Korea yeah that like own the are they like record labels they just call them entertainment companies because I guess they also like even though they are record labels they also like make all of the content around K-pop so like every K-pop group has like a YouTube show also and like probably like a clothing line Um, yeah
0: okay that was one of the things that I was going to ask about it seems like music is just one part
1: of it (laughs) <laughs> that's definitely true it's like kind of the like even though music is how i got into it like it right now it's pretty secondary like i don't really listen to k-pop as much anymore but i'll still like keep up with new releases and like know what's happening in mm-hmm. idol world i i think that money isn't really like the money doesn't really come from music necessarily
0: right what does it come from the clothes or like the merchandise like touring touring okay um, i guess that's like normal yeah um, for all artists
1: yeah i mean i'm sure they make a lot of money through streaming especially with like the fanaticism that everyone's streaming with and like album yeah. sales but also like the album sales thing like there's been kind of a crackdown on it because like the system that i explained of like the photo cards which is like kind of the only reason that people buy albums outside of just like wanting your groups to chart it became clear that the distribution of, like, photo cards wasn't equal. Mm-hmm. And so, like, companies were putting less cards of, like, the more popular members. So right. people would, like, buy more and more to, like, try to get them. Right, right. So there was, like, some kind of big class action <laughs> about that. Um, just, like, a lot of secondary markets for stuff like that. And a lot of entertainment companies um have their own proprietary, like, social media mm-hmm. that you have to, like, buy a membership to as a fan to like interact with artists so they like don't really post on like twitter or instagram they will like post their real like day in a life stuff on there
0: right okay that's interesting and then how come i wonder why these companies haven't built their own infrastructure for fans within like their own apps or whatever yeah that is what's happening okay but then they still exist on twitter
1: the stuff that they post on Twitter and Instagram is more just like announcements. Okay. So it's like that's their like official account where they'll be like new music video, but then like the artist will only post like more personal stuff through like Weverse or like these other.
0: But then with the fans, are they also on those apps? Or is that like a social media platform in itself? Yeah. Yeah. It's but like then a they're still app. on Twitter. They're, they're still like BTS Army. Yeah. Twitter. I
1: guess they're on Twitter. Like it's almost like the apps like Weverse that are for like parasocial communication, it's almost like a WhatsApp type of interface or like a be real type of thing, as opposed to Twitter just feels a lot more like professional. Um, So I think like it causes this separation for people to be like, oh, like this is where I go to like actually like interact with my artists and my community. And this is where I go to like clock into work to to promote them. Um, And what's the goal?
0: They want more people to like like I my brain always goes to b t s and I keep using them as an example' cause that's the only yeah. stan uh, army that I see on Twitter, but like they just want more people to like them, they want more people to listen to
1: them. I don't even think it's that because they know that a lot of people are listening. I think they just like, because of the underdog narrative, like want to have this constant presence so that like people can't forget about <laughs> them. Like, even BTS, like, there will be these, like, insane campaigns where it's, like, oh, like, the U.S. radio system is, like, racist because they're not playing BTS enough, right. where people will still think that, like, oh, like, they still have a disadvantage somehow.
0: Um, um, did you see, it was, like, basically a copy pasta at that point, but when BTS didn't get the Grammy. For- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading all the tweets, because, yeah, it was just the same thing that all of the the fan accounts were posting under, like, the Grammys tweets. Like, they're live tweeting of the ceremony. And I was like, what
1: do you think they're going to do? Do you actually think that they're going to rescind the award (laughs) and give it to them? Yeah, it's, like, a totally delusional style of interacting with the world. But also, I think it's just, like, taking up space. Like, Like, these fandoms do have very strong organizational principles and will use things like boycotting or, like, hashtags or, like, even... Like Luna had all this like legal trouble last year, where essentially they like the individual members were suing their entertainment company because it became clear that they like were in a ton of debt and were being treated really unfairly and like had these really predatory contracts. And so like within a matter of days, there was like a Luna fan union that like posted this super formal like list of demands and like <laughs> this yes and no list of what content fans should interact with. And so like everyone stopped streaming their music completely so it was like completely backwards because like they're not that popular of a group so the mo like the whole time i had been a fan had just been like stream as much as possible like stream on youtube overnight like we need the views we need the visibility but for the first time everyone was like actually don't stream and we're gonna get mad at you if we like see that you're still listening to luna like you need to like download this like google drive of files and be listening (laughs) (laughs) just on your own time because we didn't want to give money to the company. Right.
0: Yeah. And did it work?
1: Yeah, kind of did. Um they won their lawsuit. Interesting. But now the company is like trying to counter sue them back and so it seems to be going on. So um
0: okay, so the little that I know about Luna like I also wanted to get into the lore building mm-hmm. that I assume it's the companies that they are yeah. scheming and they're
1: um like
0: creating through the internet.
1: Yeah, that's accurate. It's like A lot of K-pop groups or, like, entertainment companies are trying to, it seems like, prey on this, like, Marvel-style fandom Mm -hmm. through creating these, like, multiverses or, like, fictional universes that actually have nothing to do with the music and have nothing to do with, like, the members themselves. Like, um, but they just, like, inspire this conspiracy type of consumption where, like, people would, like, pause the music video and be like, oh, did you see that her eye turned blue at, like... 333 minutes and like it has to mean something about her being like a robot like does it usually are there actually those narratives like, that are being constructed yeah but like what does it actually mean you know like <laughs> it was always really funny because another thing that you can win is like a super fan is these like fan calls so if you buy like a hundred copies of an album and show your receipt to the company you can enter this like raffle to like have a FaceTime call with all 12 members and they just like pass the phone and you like talk to them, okay. which thankfully like is not something I have ever done because it would be like well over a thousand dollars. But the amount of girls who I see, like people who I'm mutuals with who like are regularly doing fan calls and it's like, well, you got to talk to this like K-pop idol for 40 seconds. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, people would always ask the Luna members. They would be like, you know, what did it mean in the music video? Like, when you, like, turned around and then, like, winked, and then they would just be, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, they'd be, like, I don't know. This is just what the director told me to do. Yeah, exactly, because they probably don't even know. <laughs> yeah, they have no idea what was going on, but it was the fans who created all of this, like, really schizo, like, theory surrounding... Yeah,
0: like conspiracy narratives. Them.
1: Yeah, and something about their conception, I mean, like, part of it does make sense because it's a 12-member group, and they, like, came... They were, like, re- revealed over the course of a year, like, month by month. And then, I don't know, like, all of those dates were said to have, like, astrological significance, and each of them, like, had this representative color, and so, like, you'd see the colors in the music videos and, like, wonder about, like, what the groupings meant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, like, kind of got into it because it, it like, inspired a kind of, like, QAnon consumption <laughs> in me, right? It's just, like, what does it all mean? Yeah. But the more it became apparent that, like, it actually, there was no, like, deeper meaning. Um It was just, like, meant to inspire this, like, mindset of obsession. Yeah. Like, I was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah,
0: just so they can get more money. From- yeah, just
1: so you can get more money from, like, you replaying the video over and over trying to figure out, like, what it all means. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah,
0: like, it makes me think of Taylor Swift. Yeah. But... There actually is an underlying narrative, or she's trying to get something across with yeah. her, like, Easter eggs or whatever.
1: Yeah, the Easter eggs are are interesting. Yeah, and it's, like, a lot of, like, self-mythologizing, like, mm-hmm. referencing stuff that has been, like, in a previous part of their career right. or stuff like that. So, I don't know, it, like, makes the fans happy, but I think that it also, like, that's all that it does, really. Yeah. Like, it's not going to reveal some, like, metaphysical truth about society.
0: Precisely. Yeah. Um, okay, so when did K-pop become really big in America?
1: I would say the year that I was super into it was, like, a crazy year. So, like, yeah, twenty twenty eighteen seemed like a big time. Like, there were just a lot of tracks that had, like, crazy Western appeal. Um I'm trying to think. So that's when BTS released a song called Boy With Love. And they, like, did a pretty big, like, campaign with American, like, late night shows where a okay. lot of those performances went super viral. Um, and they were still, like, in this really, like, platonic ideal K-pop image where, like, they had pink hair and were super cute. And the song had a, like, a retro, like, Bruno mars feel to it. Okay. Like, just that, like, that song actually still does make me feel very, like, insane listening to it. Um, what else happened? There was this group called Twice, who's, like, a really, really popular girl group in Korea, and they released a song called Fancy. That was really historically significant because they were, like, one of these groups that was kind of, like, J-pop influence and in that it was, like, super saccharine and super, like, girly school uniform, super high-pitched, like, bubblegum pop. But then they switched to, like, a more mature concept, which just meant that they were wearing, like, sparkly mini dresses (laughs) instead of a school uniform. (laughs) And that song performed really well internationally. And then there's also this group, Red Velvet, who released a song called Psycho that was, like, sounded like it could be an Ariana Grande song. So, like, people always reference, like, this trifecta of music as, like, the best year in K-pop history. Um, Interesting. Yeah.
0: Do you think that the... Like crossover into the American mainstream. Was that something that fans created or was that something that the companies were intentionally trying to do?
1: I think it's a mix of both. Like as as a fan, like you have an awareness of what's gonna perform well and what isn't. And you'll kind of like use that to your knowledge of like, like if I'm showing people for the first time K-pop, like I'm not gonna show them like my personal favorite songs. I'm gonna show them like what I think they would be able to parse and like understand and not like what will like freak them out and be like, what is this shit? Like there are some songs that I really, really love, but I'm like, this makes me so ashamed of being a (laughs) K-pop fan because it's just so stupid. Um, But yeah, I think 2018 was a good year because like, it was just like good pop music, but it wasn't so cringe. Mm -hmm. Like, I think 2020 was when BTS went super, super viral with songs like Dynamite, which was like yeah. actually one of the worst songs of all time. And like it had a very like Minion-esque feel. <laughs> and it just made me so ashamed because it was like, it sounded so much like music for children. Mm. And I was just like, fuck, like everyone's going to be like, so this is what you've been up to for the past like two years. Right. Um, but kids do love K-pop, I think. Because it's so, like, colorful, maybe? That's true, yeah. It's so, like, visually overstimulating um, in a way that I think Western pop music kind of doesn't really do anymore. Like, I, we don't really do music videos. These
0: The music videos days. definitely died. I was listening to FKA Twigs talk about that recently, and, like, I, I fully agree. I like that people are still doing it, but even when I like now that you can see numbers of streams on Spotify, when you look at the streams that a song has versus the views on a music video, Mm -hmm. I feel like music videos used to be how people consumed music mostly, especially before they started uploading music straight to YouTube, like with just like an image as the background, like they could only post the music videos. Mm -hmm. So that's just how people. Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I found out about a lot of music through that, but yeah, no music videos are like the backbone of K-pop. Like, And a music video is, like, a worldwide event because they're just, like, so over the top. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, they're never, like, stripped back. It's always, like, you know, 100 background dancers and, like, a million sets. And that's often, yeah, like, how how people get inducted. Like, that was a huge thing for me because I was, like, I haven't seen a music video in so long, you know? And the element of, like, singing and dancing at the same time, like, I feel like we don't really do that anymore either.
0: Yeah, the triple threat pop star has kind of been, has kind of been lost. Like I went to Charlie X's show for her last tour, a year or two two years ago, and it, that was like a big thing that she was like singing and dancing at the mm-hmm. same time. <laughs> and it has to be this like, I don't know, like I I don't really know that many artists who come out like American artists who come out as singers and dancers. Mm-hmm. I guess F K Twigs is a good example, but she's like an artist.
1: Yeah, she's like a an artiste. Her like dancer thing is very like modern dance yeah um yeah i even with like taylor swift for example like k-pop fans are always like getting into battles with swifties and like posting these videos of her dancing really awkwardly she is bad at dancing and being like is this really who you stand?" and like yeah she does suck at dancing but i think she knows that Um, yeah
0: but i mean she's still trying are the k-pop stars good at dancing
1: you kind of like have to be um Yeah, there's no chance that you will make it as a K-pop star if you can't dance.
0: How do they find these stars? Like, I know that they train them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, like, kind of the same way that, like, Disney or something would recruit kids, like, on the street or at a mall or at a talent show or something. Okay, Um, yeah. Like, one of the girls from Twice went viral because there was, like, a video of her, like, dancing at her church, like, passionately to Christian music, and they were, like, <laughs> we need her. Um But, yeah, they are, like, starting to debut idols younger and younger, like, New Jeans, the group that's super viral right now. I was now. going to ask
0: about New Jeans. They seemingly came out of nowhere to my...
1: Yeah, they did come out of nowhere, Um and it was... Yeah, their, like, release strategy, like, even took the most seasoned K-pop stands by surprise because, like, usually... Before a music video will come out, which is, like, the main event, there will be, like, teaser images. It'll be, like, a close-up of, like, someone's ponytail or, like, (laughs) some kind of, like, one-by-one release. And so you'll, like, get excited about the members and who they are. But, like, this music video literally came out of nowhere. And, like, they didn't, like, post an announcement. Right. And I remember that day, like, sending it to my friends and being, like, does anyone know, like, anything about this? And they were, like, no, but why is it so good? And so I think that was their strategy of just, like, letting the the content speak for itself. Right. Um, Which is very American. Yeah. But now they do the whole like song and dance of like, you know, behind the scenes stuff and teasers and whatnot. Um,
0: It seems like such a production, but I understand why it's so popular because there's like, there's so much there to consume.
1: Yeah. When I was like, like, especially during COVID or like phases where I was like super unemployed, like in the summer, I would just like, it's enough to fill up all of your time, like, keeping up with the content, um, mm-hmm. especially because, like, if you stand multiple groups, that <laughs> becomes, like, your calendar, like, they're, because they do, like, the system of, like, having comebacks, so, like, every time they release a new single in an album, that's, like, their era of promotion, and there are all these Korean broadcast shows, and so, like, while they're doing comebacks, they will almost every day be going to, like, a live broadcast and doing a new performance. Mm-hmm. And so How then, like, often are they Are the comebacks? Uh, it depends. I mean, Blackpink who's like the most popular girl group, they come back like once a year. So okay. it's like widely anticipated. Um, but twice, for example, who's like second best girl group, they will do like four or five comebacks a year, but everyone's really concerned about them being like overworked. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and like in the interim periods, like, Basically, if you're, like, a a K-pop stan who just, like, is a fan of K-pop generally, like, you always have something to look forward to, like, and you know exactly when this release schedule will come out, like, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of fun to, like, also have other friends that are invested in K-pop, and you're like, oh my god, I can't wait to, like, watch this music video at 3 a.m.
0: And that's, I'm assuming that that's where, like, the fandom, like, the Twitter base comes in, so do people meet... People through these platforms and like what kinds of groups are they forming
1: like, yeah what, what are those friendships i don't know it's it's hard because like i think that the k-pop stands that i'm friends with are mostly like normal people with like jobs um <laughs> and they like we're able to like kind of talk shit a little bit um mm-hmm. which like there have been some group chats that i'm in where like you can't even suggest anything that's critical or, or what they'll kick you out. They'll be like, you're not a real fan. Like, why are you here? Um, And so it's really funny because this happened with Luna. Like their past like three or four comebacks were like absolutely trash. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? Like I'll buy copies of the album, even though I'm not going to listen to them, like not on my playlist. Like I watched a music video once and I was like, fuck this. Like, but also they kind of got like, uh, they had like new producers and like their team changed. And so like, this is all happening and it's really, you can, you know, it's out of their control and I could tell like seeing the girls perform the music that they weren't into it yeah. as opposed to their like earlier stuff. But everyone was still so like, like if anyone suggested that it was like bad, they would be like, you hate the girls and you like want them to suffer and you want their music to flop. And I'm like, no, like I just like want it to be good. It's so serious. Yeah. But now that they are like free from their company, like people have been like asking them questions on social media. They have like social media freedom to like say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And there have just been a lot of videos of like people asking the girls like, what comebacks did you not like and they would like name all of the last like four and so I'm like see I fucking knew like they didn't like it I have no pressure to like it like it's okay to not like it but there's like a very Stockholm syndrome like encouragement where it's just like even if like a group that you love releases something and you don't want to listen to it like you have to or else like you hate them (laughs) You have to be playing it on mute on Spotify. Literally, like, while you're sleeping overnight, yeah. I
0: remember when Justin Bieber asked his fans to do that, there was, like, major blowback. Really? Yeah, it was when the Yummy song came out. And he was like, here's how you can get <laughs> Wait, Yummy that's to so number recent. one. I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's such a flop. He, like, reposted a fan account, like, a, something, like, guidelines that they had made. And it was like, here's how to get nu- uh, um, Yummy to number one. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, make a,
1: a playlist on Spotify. Oh, um, like, a... V- you have to like variegate with different songs. That's so funny that you would actually post that.
0: I know. And people were mad about it, at least from what I could see. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like, I I don't know, that strategy is not really appreciated in America.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There are some things that are like that, where it's just like, especially with the chart stuff, like for example, like K-pop, Stands are like the only people who care about itunes charts because like yeah. no one buys music I on fucking exactly. itunes like <laughs> no one has bought a song on itunes in years but they're like oh my god like Jungkook is number one on iTunes starts and I'm like it's because the only people exactly. who are going out of their way to purchase it on iTunes like <laughs> you have to get on like your family computer and yeah. like buy it on iTunes it doesn't make any sense uh, um who even
0: has an account wait is iTunes now like is it
1: it's Apple Music yeah. but like if you really want to you can still buy a song for 129 that's crazy if you don't want to make an Apple Music account for like six dollars a month right yeah um <laughs> so yeah I think Apple is probably still making a fair amount of money through, like, K-pop stands, like, buying songs.
0: That's insane. Yeah. And, again, I helped
1: BTS go number one. They, like, broke this record, um, <laughs> like, in 20... It like, 2019 or 2020. They had this song called Black Swan that was, like, actually an Alexia approved comeback. Like, it was a good song. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were trying to break this record, and I kept seeing, like, all of these fans posting about it of, like, number one on iTunes in the most countries ever, And so everyone was posting and being like, these are the countries that we just need one person to buy the song and it'll be number one on the charts. That's insane. And Belize was on there. Okay. And my dad lives there. And so I was like, (laughs) I called him and I was like, do you still have like an iTunes account? And he was like, why? Like, hasn't that gone away? Like, don't people just use Apple music? And I was like, I need you to go on your computer and log in and buy the song for 129 Like, I know it's stupid, but like, it's (laughs) really important. (laughs) It's really important to me. And like the whole time I was refreshing my timeline and everyone was like, this is the list of countries we need. Like if you know anyone in these countries, like call them and make them buy Black Swan on iTunes. And so I was like refreshing, refreshing, telling my dad to buy it. And he was like, okay, like I don't know my password. I was like, oh my God, it was like the most stressful time of my life because it was also like close to midnight or some kind of like deadline that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, A deadline for what? I don't know. Like they thought that it would drop in another country. So they just wanted it to like happen as soon as possible. They were like counting down the seconds. And so my dad finally bought it. It went number one in Belize and then it broke the <laughs> record. My dad. Yeah. It broke the record for number one in the most countries. And I'm sure they've like broken that again. Like, and I, they break it every time just mm-hmm. through this like annoying, um, thing that they do. But yeah, I, that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, this is so pointless. Like, what do these records even mean?
0: I mean, yeah, that's what my question was going to be. Like, you want your favorite band to go number one, But then is it just because you want to have like some agency or it's just like, it's something that you feel like you're partly responsible or you're involved in?
1: No, definitely. Like with Luna, for example, they are like kind of a less popular group. So every time they did a comeback, like there would be these goals to have it be bigger than the last one. Um, And just like, you're also competing with whatever other groups are putting out songs at that time. And so it becomes like a fan wars thing of like, oh, like luna's outselling this group or like this other group is flopping or luna's flopping relative so it kind of has like a sports like feel to it that's what i was going to say yeah yeah
0: it's like how men they always refer to their sports teams as like as we yeah i'm like you aren't involved in this yeah
1: and so like if everyone's buying albums they're like guys we did it and i'm like okay (laughs) like I guess we did (laughs) um but yeah I don't I try not to participate in stuff like that anymore it's just like kind of fun if you like care about statistics to like actually watch these things happen live yeah um but it's so like insider baseball and also if you look at like organic charts like truly like what people are just like listening to it's gonna be like Morgan Wallen or like Imagine Dragons or something or like these people who like aren't putting in any of the effort, like people are just listening to them because they like the music. Yes, exactly. Um, So it's always a thing in Korea, like that on the charts, like everyone, like in Korea, I guess older people are really into like ballads. And so ballads are still like a really popular genre and they're pretty snooze. And they just like usually come out at the same time as a K drama to like promote it. And Mm -hmm. they're just like slow love songs, but they're sometimes impossible to bump off the charts because like, people just actually like them and so like <laughs> there have just been so many times where people are like oh my god what the fuck is this stupid ballad? like we need it to like get off of the charts um but yeah like it's there's like k-pop fans are so overrepresented on the internet that like you would think that these things are more popular than they are and like right like k-pop is obviously like pretty big in korea but in maybe, like, 2014, 2015, like, being an Idol fan was still kind of, like, a fringe interest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about, like, the over-representation. Like, when you were on Tumblr back in the day, it's...
1: You would think that Sherlock is, like, the most popular show in the exactly. world.
0: Yeah. Or, like, people who are listening to Lana Del Rey in the 1975, they thought that they were really fringe, which like maybe they were at the time. I don't know.
1: To Del Rae, it was a confusing thing to me because like I was watching some video about her, and like "Born to Die" went number one in like yeah, a bunch of countries. Like it was objectively like a really popular album. I was actually, but people still today think that she's like an outsider, an underdog. Artist. Yeah, she's kind of like the K-pop of no, definitely. There's a lot of overlap actually in stands. I would say.
0: And Lana think she thinks that she's an underdog. Yeah. Like she has her and Taylor Swift both have big sore winner energy. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, um, Did you see the
1: Lana like Priscilla thing? Yes, I stop, did see stop that. Stop about that. Like, <laughs> Every person that I know on Twitter is like, I hate this dumb bitch. Like, <laughs> she's so useless. Um She's yeah. always, like, <laughs> I mean, she has a big, like, nobody
0: understands me energy,
1: but... And a pretty, like, anti-commercial energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's weird because I think she, like, really loves her fans, but I think she hates, like, the system. Like, yeah. she's so, like, anti-establishment. But I kind
0: of have more respect for that because she does kind of seem like she... Um, you know, when she first came out, everyone was talking about, like, industry plant, which that's another good contrast from k-pop and k-pop like everyone's an industry exactly (laughs) and no one cares and that's just like part and parcel with the Mm -hmm. whole shtick but when like Billie eilish comes out in america everyone's like she's an industry plant like she's not an an authentic yeah um so i I guess that sparks an interesting conversation of like authenticity in k-pop culture because how much like to what degree are these people just playing roles or like characters that have been prescribed to them
1: that's so real um And especially with Luna, it became super obvious because, like, each, like, pretty uniquely, like, each member had, like, a solo project before they became, like, a full group. Okay. And so, like, there was one member that had, like, a very, like, emotional ballad where, like, the music video was shot in Iceland. And so you, like, associate her with, like, this more, like, singer-songwriter vibe. And then, like, one of them had, like, a kind of city pop song that was, like, kind of 80s Japan. And then one of them had, like, a super, like, R&B song. And so, like you just they definitely had these like characters that were prescribed to them as you said um but yeah it's still not really clear like how much of that is real or if it was like based on their identity or if the company was just like okay we're just gonna have you be like the cute member and we're gonna like cut your hair and have you be like the tomboy member Mm -hmm. um but I think the interesting thing about k-pop is like as opposed to in the west like Billie Eilish is a really good example because people were so interested in like her family and like where she came from but I think with k-pop like it kind of levels the playing field this like trainee system because you don't really care like no one ever talks about like a k-pop idol's parents like you don't really care like it just (laughs) matters that like once you enter this system and you work hard like that is kind of the only thing that matters but there's also a lot of like mystery that shrouds pre-debut artists and like I think the company tries to like erase any evidence of who these girls were before they like became their final form
0: is that by design
1: i kind of think so um i mean there might be like pr issues like there is this uh one group what is this girl's name i don't even remember now uh oh kim garam so la seraphim is this like group that's like fourth generation and kind of new like kind of on the same page as new jeans um and they had this member named Kim Garam. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like, school bullying in Korea is, like, the greatest crime known to man. Like, <laughs> like, if someone finds out that you were, like, threw a pencil at a kid's head in middle school, like, your career is fucking over. Like, it's so <laughs> weird. Like, they take it so seriously. Um, and so, yeah, like, bullying rumors came out about this girl who was, like, 16 or 17 when she was bullying (laughs) no when she like debuted so like the bullying stuff was from like that's kind of long ago and it wasn't even that she was a bully like there was just one photo that everyone kept posting where she was like standing in front of a chalkboard like doing a peace sign and it was just like kind of random shit like scribbled on the chalkboard saying like fuck bts or something (laughs) or like like kind of trash talking other groups in like a silly way um and yeah it was taken so seriously. It became like a huge legal thing. She, she was like releasing statements back and forth. Like people were going to her school records, and, legal like, for what? Collecting like, statements.
0: What was against the law?
1: Ah, uh, well, every school seems to have like a bu- anti-bullying like committee. Okay. And zero tolerance. Yeah, there's like a zero zero tolerance thing. So people were like Is that the law. Like, bringing <laughs> up, I don't even know. Like I think it's just like, if you are bully, you might have to go to a different school or something. Like. And bullying victims, like, everyone just believes them automatically. Yes, believe victims. Literally believe victims. (laughs) And so, yeah, her career was ruined. And, like, it was kind of funny because I feel like I was on the side of Twitter where people were like, LOL, she's such a queen. Because it was, like, kind of relatable. Like, okay, this girl's just, like, a bit of a troll. Yeah. Like, she... One quote that was from her, allegedly, she would, like, post on social media about, like, other K-pop idols and would be, like... She called this girl um, Miyawaki Sakura, who's in the same group she called her like a plastic surgery monster she like got a lot of work done right um and so we were like oh my god this is so funny she's kind of like a twitter troll like k-pop girl who's like really pretty and like a school bully like kind of like stan I you stan, know yeah. but everyone was so serious about it and they were like you don't even know this girl like you would just stand anyone who's korean so <laughs> like it's just like people don't I think it's to the benefit of companies to just wipe the slate clean because you don't want anything like being dredged back up. Um, right. Like there's
0: it could hurt your sales. Yeah.
1: It's especially interesting with um with like images because you'll see photos of idols like pre-debut where they look completely different. Right, of and course. It's like obvious, like the before and after. They all get so much. Yeah. And it's really funny with like there there are more and more idols now who are like Asian American, like grew up in like Australia or the US and then like moved to Korea to do an idol career. And, like, you see so much, like, the styling of, like... There's this one girl from Espa named um, Giselle. And she's, like, used to be, like, a Bay Area, like, ABG, basically, who, like, wore fake lashes. And, like, there are all these, these, like, dredged up Snapchats of her, like, holding up the middle finger and wearing Nike and stuff. But, like, if you see her now, like, they completely like bleached her skin or something like she's like 10 shades lighter and like has bangs and like looks like a completely new person
0: huh and do people not have a problem with like the inauthenticity of these people's characters or like do they like them for their character
1: i think people like the moments where it kind of like slips out like especially with english speaking idols they're like you know they love to hear a k-pop idol like Say dead ass or something. <laughs> right. Okay, um,
0: um, with the, the rise of K pop in mainstream America, do most of these groups are they like trying to become more Americanized? Like how many of them are learning English? I know that Blackpink did the Selena Gomez yeah. thing. There are
1: definitely like over the past few years a lot of a lot more collaborations with Western artists, which honestly like are always so weird because they pick the weirdest people. Like Selena Gomez not that weird of a choice, but like I know, I'm trying to think. Like, Jungkook from BTS just did a song with Jack Harlow. Like, I think he just did a song also with.
0: Who is the guy who's in the Troy Sivan? Was that a K pop guy? I don't think so. And why? He was just Asian, so I'm <laughs> guessing. Okay, like, Troy for. Maybe it was for Rush. He made a fan cam mm. of someone. I'm actually with you. I'm gonna
1: look. Yeah, I wanna see it. I feel like he's secretly a K pop fan.
0: And then. They ended up doing a collab or like um, Pink Pantheress. Mm. Uh, and then this person who he was thirsting after,
1: Hyunjin. Oh, Hyunjin, yeah. He's just like, that's also kind Stray of kids. a meme. Yeah. Hyunjin is this guy from Stray Kids. Stray Kids makes like the worst music in K pop. And they also have like notably the most cringe fans, like all of their fans like, videos at their concerts always go viral because it's, like, actually, like, obese, blue-haired, like, teenagers. <laughs> like, and I don't say that in a mean <laughs> way, but, like, they are known to have, like, the most cringe fans ever. So, um, but Hyunjin is, like, a really classic, like, third-generation visual. Like, he just, like, looks really hot and has, like, a perfect face. So I think he goes a lot of, like, fashion stuff. Um, okay. He's, like, always at Paris Fashion Week. And I think some video went viral of and Troye Sivan like at some runway show and yeah. then Troye Sivan was like playing it up and being like I have a crush on him and mm-hmm. so then he like
0: and then he made the fan cam yeah um okay are the because obviously I'm only on American Twitter but is it the same in other countries or is like Stan Twitter mostly American or do they gather in other places in like Korea or in in other countries
1: oh. There's definitely, like, a, like, probably one of the biggest markets in the world for K-pop stuff is, like, Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, a lot of, like, Indonesian, Filipino, Thai people, but, like, English is still kind of, like, the lingua franca, but then I still, like, have K-pop mutuals that I, like, see them, like, typing in Tagalog or something, and I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot that you, like, not <laughs> you're not here. Um, weirdly, like, the Middle East is a pretty big market, but I think that might be because, like k-pop is so like sanitized and like relative to western pop music like quite chaste um like obviously there are things that are like sexy about it and like there are a lot of attractive people and like beauty is a huge part of it but like content wise like you'll never hear someone it's not sexy it's not like racy yeah like there are kind of like allusions to sex through like euphemisms but um and like maybe kind of like provocative dance moves like a little crotch grab or something um but it's not like
0: japanese in that
1: way yeah and it's not like culture
0: is very like not overtly but like more obviously sexual
1: yeah like fetishistic in a way that's strange but i mean like a lot of earlier k-pop stuff was very like school uniform and like right i think that's kind of disappeared new jeans for example is like this newer group and they did the school uniform thing but like instead of it being like super short skirt like a sexualized school uniform it was like knee-length skirt and like stockings yeah so it was like hyper-realistic like 90s (laughs) school uniform which I really liked for some reason um yeah and their styling was also very like like they didn't really wear that much makeup and like all had like long black hair so it seemed like a huge separation from the like pink hair and like school uniform like e-girl type of thing right Um, right right
0: um okay and then in terms of what you said of the like of the stray kids fandom (laughs) is there a hierarchy of fandoms like as they pertain to groups yeah like who's the strongest who's the biggest and like who are some more respected than others
1: yeah (laughs) bts is definitely like the strongest yeah and the biggest but also like objectively the least cool um okay
0: probably because it is the biggest
1: yeah And just because BTS's music has gotten, like, so bad, um, which, like, I, like, was such a BTS fan, and, like, I bought their albums, and, like, I had a friend group of, like, other BTS girlies that I would, like, hang out with, and we would, like, go and do BTS-related stuff together. How did you meet them? uh, Through Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Because I was in college at the time, like, in, in New York, and people would always be, like, oh, like... I go to Columbia and there's this one girl who's like a K-pop fan, like you should meet her. And so it's <laughs> a, eventually how we all like found each other. Like there was like literally one representative from every like New York city school. And we just like joined in this consortium. Um, and yeah, we would go to concerts together and stuff, but it's like insane to BTS concerts or to, we actually had tickets to BTS this concert and then it got canceled because of COVID Uh-oh. we were supposed to go in 2020. And then we were just like, by the time they were like um, coming back we were like, we just want to get refunded because like their music that they've put out in this year, <laughs> like we don't want to see it live. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like none of these girls stand BTS anymore, and I don't think it's because we aged out of it. Like we're all still K-pop fans, but it's because like their music has become like markedly worse.
0: Interesting. So it is yeah. still kind of about the music.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, but it's also just like about wanting to associate yourself publicly with something, you know? Like BTS, like I. I think that they, like, sacrificed quality for popularity, kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started making music in English more and more. And Is that a faux pas? or, Like, kind of. It just kind of reeks of desperation, you know? Mm-hmm. But then is not this whole culture, like, reeking of desperation? I guess that's true. <laughs> but, like, uh, like, standing, like, true K-pop, especially when it comes to, like, an underdog group, like, it does still, like scratch my indie instinct to be like whoa like this k-pop group that you've never heard of yeah <laughs> um yeah it, it does the desperation though like because when it's in korean it still feels like it's like on the outside mm-hmm. of culture a little bit do you bit.
0: think that's mostly the only reason why just because it's like in a different language and comes from a different culture so in america specifically people feel like it's under yeah
1: like there is definitely a k-pop sound but like When BTS started making music in English, it was like, okay, so like, what about this is K-pop? You know, like they're Korean artists, um, but now they're just like making music that's like designed to go like top 40 viral. So it was just like, I would just listen to like normal pop if I wanted to do that, but I don't want to.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been noticing that the international music that's becoming so predominant in America, they're very explicitly doing this uh like not blend, but they're like um paying a little bit of lip service to their American mm-hmm. success. Um like obviously Blackpink is doing it, BTS is doing it. And I want to do another of one of these episodes on Latin American music. So oh,
1: that's like yeah, you should definitely do that. Yeah,
0: but they're def- they're also doing that. Like Rosalia, she speaks English sometimes in her songs. Yeah. And it's just like it's just um distant enough or like infrequent enough that it's still kind of like exciting and Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like oh like she cares about me too yeah no that's so real (laughs) or like she like learned english recently latin american
1: music though is like i feel like that's so organically popular like and it's so like genuinely what people listen to right and like k-pop is like there is like a small (laughs) faction of the global population that is like listening to these songs like crazy whereas i feel like latin american music is like it's a lot of people who are listening these songs right so
0: it's not even organic and again going back to the overarching goal is it for more people to listen to it and genuinely like it and for it to become this organically listened to music that people enjoy or to keep it within this insular community
1: yeah i think like people know at this point that if someone wanted to be a k-pop fan like they would be one by now yeah yeah um so maybe it's like trying to get you know, fans from other factions to cross over. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more like on the grand scale of culture at large, just being like, you will not forget BTS. <laughs> like, <laughs> BTS will go down in history. Like, there is this very, like, weird understanding of, like, history, which I think the charting stuff has to do with. It's like the first group in history to do this. And, right. like, um Yeah, breaking records and, like, selling out arenas. Um, these very, like, concrete measures of success. I think, mean a lot more than, like, actual, like, how many people's lives it's touching or whatever.
0: Do you find fan culture as a whole to be, like, to be kind of sad in that way, where it just seems like a misdirection of ambition and um, energy?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, thankfully for me, my standing days were pretty social. Like, I always had in real life friends that I could relate to about this stuff, and, like, I love my K-pop friends, and, like, they're so integrated into my life that they're just, like, my real friends now, mm-hmm. but then, like, you know, it's kind of a lull that, like, I, oh, like, I met them through K-pop Twitter, um, but, yeah, the, like, I have, like, permanently had, like, fangirl brain for a lot of my life, uh, where I just, like, got obsessed with stuff, and I think K-pop was the first time where it felt like it was, like, in service of of something um, which like I don't know if it's the mission of like spreading Korean culture around the world <laughs> um, but it is kind of because of like the nationalistic implications it does kind of feel like that sometimes and like being a K-pop stand has made me like super into Korean culture in general like I started eating Korean food all the time mm-hmm. and like grilling meat and I'm like pretty nice at Korean language like studied a lot um, and just like you're standing these people that are like real humans who like live in Korea, so like it's inevitable that you get a taste of what their vibes are like and what the cultural norms are.
0: Do you think that there's any kind of underlying, um, I don't say psyop, but uh, is is that the mission of these companies, or like is the government involved? Is is that what people like? No, about definitely. It? Like yeah, Koreans? there are a lot of these
1: like uh, like diplomatic agencies that. Acknowledge K-pop is like, such a major factor in, like, the global reputation of Korea.
0: Right, I guess it's a major export.
1: Yeah, like, even... Like, the question of BTS's military enlistment was, like, a huge right. deal. Um, to the point where, like, it was so contentious that it was, like, put to a public vote. Really? And, yeah, because, like, people were super divided thinking, like, if we... If, like, BTS, like, essentially goes on hiatus for a year for them to do their military, military service, which they would all have to do it at different times right because they're different ages yeah it would like actually affect our economy because like it's like one or two percent of korea's like whole gdp just comes from bts that's insane yeah so i can't even imagine like how much it is just like k-pop generally yeah um and so they were like you know when it comes to like us as a nation like it 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 was like a big decision i don't know why i said us that was like me in quotation (laughs) marks um people were like would it be worse to like like, they take military enlistment super seriously, and, like, evading that is, like, a crime, and, like, their reputation would never recover, and so, like, BTS was, like, we don't want to evade it, like, we would love to do it. Right, right, like, right. Um,
0: it's only men who have to do it, right? It's not, yeah. like, in Israel, okay.
1: Yeah, it's only men who have to do it, and also, like, when you do it, you do, like, basic training, and you, like, wear military uniform, you're, like, yeah. on the base and stuff, and, like, there's really no special treatment for, like, famous people. Right, like, right, right at all um
0: minor sidebar I was reading about this the other day because apparently there's mandatory military service in Norway but it's not enforced at all but <laughs> really? like yeah so like <laughs> most people just don't do it that's but so funny they, I think it's
1: the same in Greece because my roommate is like a Greek citizen he's like yeah I want to live there but like if I'm there for more than two months like I'm gonna have to join the military do they actually make you do it I don't know
0: because in Norway it's like yeah no one does it and if you don't do it then it's just like kind of fine (laughs) yeah
1: especially if you're in a country like norway i mean like what is their military vibe in in south korea there's a lot of considerations like north korea obviously right um so the military kind of has like a vague threat there but you can do it and like a lot of people will do it and do public service right you're you're essentially a public servant for a year or a lot of k-pop idols will join like The military band so you like play flute or something (laughs) right do Um, most
0: of them do it at this point or do they get excused
1: no one really gets excused yeah wow it's like really really hard to get excused no bts is doing it oh they are yeah they just just pushed it a little bit yeah they delayed it the oldest member i think is still in it right now
0: whoa yeah how many members are there seven
1: and that's why jungkook the youngest member is doing like solo activities so like they are allowed to do solo stuff but, like, as a group, like, I don't know when the next time we're going to see them all together. It's because, like, as soon as this one gets out, a different one's going to go in. Whoa. I think two of them have been so far. What was
0: the Stan reaction to that?
1: <laughs> um, It's really cute because, like, you get these, like, dispatches and it makes you feel like an army wife or something. Because it's, like, <laughs> Jin just released a photo where he's wearing his, like, military beret and, like, no makeup. And, like, his head is shaved. Like, they look really, really different. That's crazy. Um, but yeah it's very like romantic it's like be safe (laughs) you know (laughs) like people would post all this really cringe stuff being like dear korean military did you know that like he doesn't like when his rice touches the kimchi and like he doesn't like when his pillow is like too warm and like everyone's (laughs) like okay what the fuck like he's he's gonna be fine um that's so crazy yeah Yeah. no i thought that it
0: had been completely that
1: they had been excused um it was just pushed for a while and then yeah I think just to like make a statement that like no one is gonna escape this mm-hmm. this nationalistic duty. They were like, yeah, you guys should probably do it. So do you think that
0: K-pop, like, I know that BTS is big and they got nominated for a Grammy. They seem like they have reached the peak of mainstream in America. Blackpink, they headlined at Coachella. Um, again, I don't really know if the music is good enough by american standards that it would actually get like recognized in these spheres like the grammys
1: yeah um, that's like the irony is like the song that got nominated at the grammys for bts is like their worst song that they've ever one put was out it was, it it was dynamite i think oh, okay or it might have been Butter, which those songs are both, like, equally really bad. Um, <laughs>
0: those are the only ones I know. Oh, oh and then they had so the McDonald's uh, meal, too. Oh, my
1: God. that I actually got so fat that summer because I was eating it all the time.
0: <laughs> Why? Just because you wanted to support or?
1: Well, I love McDonald's already. Yeah. And I was just like, lol, like, BTS meal for lunch. Yeah. Um, but the sauces that they... This is, like, another conspiracy that I have. Like, the sauce that they serve at that meal was, like fucking 200 calories or something. Really? Like, it was the most high caloric sauce ever. And so I'm like, this is designed to make BTS fans more fat and isolated from society.
0: And why would they? Oh, because then they'd be more isolated and they would yeah, be... They
1: would turn to BTS more.
0: Interesting. What were the sauces again? There were two, right?
1: There was like a gochujang kind of like spicy sauce. Yeah. And then there was a Cajun one, which I'm like, I don't know what that's has to do with BTS. And the Cajun one was a high calorie? I think so, yeah. It was like really like thick... And like,
0: I think I had it once, but yeah, the whole thing with the McDonald's meals is it's just repackaged like shit that they already have. Yeah, I'm sure the sauces were new, but okay,
1: it's just like a new combination of like the Travis Scott meal was just like okay, like it just has another patty on it. Yes, exactly. It like
0: had it was like a what was it? It It had a a sprite. You had to have a sprite with it. Really, you had to.
1: Yeah, because it like comes as a (laughs) meal, so.
0: Okay, so um my question was what do you think is going to be the next group? To, I have no idea. To pop off like do you have any opinions on that.
1: New Jeans has popped
0: off like I oh, yeah, think they have. the
1: hype has died down a little bit and they like actually genuinely did change the game and like reinvigorated my love for K pop. Um just through this like like they remind me of Luna a lot and that they have this like high concept visual universe that's like very considered and very like cinematographic like it has a rookie mag type of feel to it Um yeah. but it's all because of this creative director Min Hee Jin who like created them and it's just like big in k-pop history for instead of doing music videos that are like just solely performance with like a bunch of background dancers and stuff like having these like more vignettes or like a more artsy like video art approach right. to, to k-pop that I think is really popular um But now they've started to just kind of be like normal K-pop idols. Like one of them has blue hair and they like have stickers on their face and um, they're doing contracts with like Gucci and stuff. Um, What's next? I mean, a lot of agencies are trying unsuccessfully to do like an American K-pop group. Right. Because a lot of like young K-pop stands are like delusional and like want to do the idol training thing. And I've like been to K-pop dance classes and there are people who like take this (laughs) super seriously and like, I think that they're like a freelance idol and think that like, are they Korean? No, but they can still audition for these big agencies. Like, like Hybe, the group that does new Jean and um, new jeans and BTS, like holds auditions in American cities, like all the time Mm -hmm. for people born after like 2003. (laughs) Right. Um, And yeah, there's this show a two K that's produced by JYP, which is the group that did um, twice or the company that did twice. And um, yeah, it's like, a survival show which is also how twice was created where they just like have a bunch of girls and like vote them out um so it
0: starts as a reality show yeah
1: okay that's how a lot of like really popular groups in korea like came around actually because like then people have this like attachment to the group because they're like oh i created this lineup and i like had this girl that i like supported
0: did they vote or is it just like the public votes okay wow it's
1: like american idol style except like 12 people went at the
0: end. That's crazy. Cause my brain automatically went to search for the next doll. Did you watch that? No. What is that? (laughs) The pussycat dolls. They had
1: this (gasps) reality TV show. This sounds like very VH1. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It was on probably MTV. I don't know. Mm. Um, and I was in Canada, so I had to watch it on, on a different channel, but, uh, the first season was search for the next doll. And they were trying to find the, like a new pussycat doll. And then the girl who won, um, she performed with them once and then like went to, she, she left the group to, to- Went solo? Yes, to Keep pursue kidding. her own thing and like never did anything. She was never heard from ever again.
1: That's like, I hate that like winning <laughs> a reality TV show is such a big deal, but like nothing actually nothing happens. Nothing happens
0: unless you're Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Literally.
1: Like the voice is still going on, but like name like one famous person that came out of The Voice in the past like 10 years. Melanie Martinez. Martinez yeah. But that was so long ago, so yeah. like I was like in middle school. Or and school. she didn't even win. Yeah, she just, like, went viral. Like, the best that you can hope is that, like, your audition goes viral.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, Cher Lloyd, do you remember? Oh, who? love her. I love <laughs> X
1: Factor. But X Factor kind of has, like, a public humiliation vibe. Like, I love compilations of, like, people getting really mad on the X Factor. <laughs> where they just, like, uh, I just have, like, a lot of...
0: I haven't really watched it. I have seen the viral... Yeah. Um. tryouts or whatever but um. okay the Pussycat Dolls the second one was they were making a girl group it was called Girlicious Girlicious have you ever heard of Girlicious no they actually had like a couple bangers and they were around for a few years at least that's good Um. but it wasn't fan voted it was just them like Robin like the Anton judges. who's the girl who like created the Pussycat Dolls mm-hmm. she was making this new group anyway I watched that shit like it was crack when I was a kid <laughs> I loved it
1: I love shows like that yeah <laughs> (laughs) No, I was really a bit big into, like, Korean survival shows, and, like, there's... Is that what they call them? Survival shows, yeah, because you have to, like, survive to the end. Yeah. Um, And usually they have, like, mass amounts of girls. Like, the most popular shows are Produce 48, Produce 101, which are, like, two different seasons of the same show, and then this other one, which is the most recent, called Girls Planet 999. And the most fascinating part of it to me is that, like, Girls Planet 999 was ninety nine girls, but thirty three are Korean, thirty three are Japanese, and thirty three are Chinese. Okay. And so it was almost like this, like geopolitical, like world <laughs> stage. It was a war. <laughs> yeah, because they would always eventually be like, oh, like Japanese girls like can't dance. Yeah. Like Chinese girls are mean. <laughs> Korean girls are perfect. <laughs> of course. Um, but it was really fascinating to me. But I like got that was like the biggest failure of my life. Like all the girls that I was rooting for in that show were eliminated really quickly. Were you voting? Yeah, I was voting.
0: How do you vote? Do you have to be in Korea or just anyone can?
1: Uh, anyone can do it. You just have to have this app and the voting window is like in Korean time. So you just right. have to like keep track of it. Um,
0: it also reminds me of Spice Girls oh, because yeah. that was an audition process. Really? As well. Yeah. Like a public thing? I don't know. I doubt it was like open casting. I I don't know. But yeah it was like a process and then they got them all into a house and I mean I doubt that they were writing their own music but they were like doing the boot camp
1: oh I love it I think boot camp is so necessary for (laughs) society like whether it be pop star boot camp or military boot camp um but yeah the a2k project which is America to Korea where they're like casting girls from everywhere I don't even think they're just American like I know that they're like Brazilian girls and like there's a Thai girl that, like, Thai K-pop fans are, like, really riding hard for. Um, I've been seeing, like, the stuff that's coming out of it. And, like, it just, like, doesn't have the the right feeling. But also, I think that, like, I really don't think that girl groups are possible in the West anymore. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, because I was... Or boy groups. Like, it just seems yeah. so outdated until, like, 90s.
0: Because, I mean, there were things in England... Obviously, there's still One Direction, mm-hmm. uh, or not still, but
1: that was in recent history. It's yeah, Spice like Girls, Mix. yes, the yeah, but like Fifth Harmony, the American girl group. Like, That's I true. think they were made through X Factor as well, yeah. and they were all like really, really good, like Whitney Houston esque powerhouse singers. Yeah, yeah. But it made their songs sound insane exactly. because they were all kind of like outperforming <laughs> yeah, each other, and like, they were insane. They hated each other. Yeah, <laughs> like there were just so many interview clips where you could tell that like these girls did not. They
0: all hated Camila.
1: Oh yeah, I mean same. But <laughs> how could you not? Um, um, <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know if it's like an American cultural attitude where like it's hard for us to accept a team where everyone is like equal. Like I think the Korean groups are designed in a way where like Blackpink, for example, has four members and each of them has like a strength. Right. Um,
0: or I was even watching a video once about K-pop culture and they're talking about how American boy bands or American like girl groups also why is it always boy band and girl group anyway it's uh, <laughs> and it's funny because like it's not a band because none of these people play instruments yeah um but there's uh like tropes that each one has to mm-hmm. fulfill where it's like the bad boy um the sweet one I don't know I wasn't really into Backstreet Boys or NSYNC yeah I neither um,
1: I feel like i Missed that
0: yeah we're too young i mm-hmm. think uh but then i also just think about like the authenticity aspect of it and like what i was talking about earlier with industry plants that seems really valued in america and i don't really see how people are going to be so accepting of something that's obviously so man- manufactured like yeah. they are in k-pop culture
1: yeah that's true i i yeah, the girls who are, like, doing this idol project in America, you can tell that they're, like, K-pop stands and they have this, like, idea about how to act and, like, how to be cute. Hmm. And I just, like, don't really understand where they're coming from at all. Um,
0: I mean, aren't they just mimicking what is valued in yeah. in K-pop stan culture? Yeah,
1: but, like, Korea is, like, pretty xenophobic. Like, I, I don't think it's going to perform well in korea because they're just gonna be like why don't we support like one of our homegrown girls who are like like there are like a ton of them who are in idol training programs um and speak korean so i just don't really know who the audience is like i guess americans but americans like k-pop because it's korean like i think that's what these companies have wrong is they like i guess they want to like broaden the audience by making it more american but then they're kind of losing like the thing that makes it special
0: they're going to do the same thing, too, um, uh <laughs> that Americans did, did with British TV. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> like I just started you,
1: watching Naked Attraction. I'm, like, so addicted what to it, it. What is that? Oh, my God. It's a show, this dating show in the UK that, like, I don't even oh, know how I it's legal where they're completely naked. Yeah, It's so fucked up.
0: Um, can they see all of them or only, like, certain parts?
1: It is basically, like, there's one person who's, like, choosing. Yeah. And then there are five people, and they're all in these, like, boxes. And, like... They do rounds of elimination, but, like, the first one is, like, from, like, the feet to, like, belly button, and so, like, Mm -hmm. everyone's naked, and then they, like, eliminate people one by one, and then they see their, like, whole body at the end with their face and everything. And then at
0: the end of it, you're just supposed to end up with someone who you're physically attracted to, but you don't know anything about. Yeah, (laughs) literally,
1: exactly. And it's so funny, because, like, when they get, when the, like, chooser gets down for the last two people, they have to get naked, and then it's so awkward, because they're just, like, all standing there naked,
0: and then they just blur out the genitalia. It's not too. blurred out. It's not? It's not. Dan,
1: British TV is crazy. I don't know how. It's like on HBO Max. Like, I don't know how it's it legal. I need to watch it.
0: Are the people usually conventionally attractive?
1: I mean, they're like British. So, like, <laughs> no one's like. No, like, it's like, are they crazy fat hot. Is basically what I'm asking. Um, there are. Like, there hasn't been anyone like obese, mm-hmm. but I think they like pre select. Um, like based on the choosers preferences. And so they're like, we've chosen like five people that each have like something that you find attractive at least.
0: I see. It reminds me of, um, I was seeing some tweets recently that was like, love is blind would only be exciting if they started incorporating some like real uglies
1: <laughs> no, yeah. in, into those booths. Exactly. Yeah. They're, I don't know. Like obviously like when you see someone's genitals, like that plays a role in stuff. This is literally like my nightmare situation. Where, like I'm so <laughs> generally like not into nudity. But it has been kind of healing, like, to see just, like, a random sampling of, like, people's naked bodies, you know? Yeah. Why? It makes you feel better. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I'm like, wait, like, this is amazing.
0: And do people usually surprise you based on on how they're choosing or what they're preferring?
1: Like, no. Like, you can always kind of guess, like, they're going to choose, like... The hot one. The girl with the huge tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. I need to check it out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I think we've done about an hour. Okay. Um, Thank you for coming on.
1: I'm so happy. This is so (laughs) fun. (laughs) I love talking about K-pop. It's my passion.
0: Um, Okay. People can find you. Um,
1: I'm on Instagram at Alexi Neutron. I'm also on Twitter at underscore 4L3X1. Is that a K-pop Twitter account or your personal? They're kind of the same. Like I have always just had one account for both. Um, But you know, if I tweet some K-pop, like, don't get mad at me. <laughs> but I don't really do that anymore. Um, What else? Yeah, NIMPA Alumni is our podcast. We have episodes on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts and anywhere that podcasts are sold. Yeah,
0: Anywhere you find your podcasts. Also, Patreon.
1: Oh, yeah. There are. Yeah, you can <laughs> subscribe to us on Patreon for exclusive content.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you.